This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 21 for the week of April 9th, 2006. Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting, fun-filled extravaganza of an episode of Daisenshu EX, the podcast. This is episode 21. I am Michael Labrie, perhaps you know me online as Vegito EX. Perhaps you know me in real life as Vegito EX, but that would be a little weird. You can just call me Mike. To my not proverbial right, I have Mary. Hello. Hello. And how are you? I'm a little bit sweaty. Um, are you now? It's really stinking hot in here, and because we're recording, we can't turn on any fans or air conditioning or open any windows. So yeah, kind of uncomfortable, but happy to be here. Hey, dinner was really good. Thank you. Two weeks in a row, I win at life. Hey, Julian, how are you, sir? Not bad. I'm 21, by the way. That makes the episode and me have something in common, I guess. <laughs> that, that is really great. <laughs> fun with numbers! You are, Yeah, you're having fun with numbers in Japan still. Yes. I mean, aside from that, I've been having a pretty good time here this past week. Because you have well, a DS? That, and I got a haircut after no! two months. Two, well, three, mo- three months of not getting a haircut. <laughs> and, well, you know, it, it was just getting to the point where I couldn't see anymore. So, yeah, I got short hair and I'm clean shaven. I'm sorry. Oh, no. But the world anyway. will miss Shaggy Julian. Well, my host family just decided that my look was kitanai, which is, like, <laughs> dirty. Especially in relation to foreigners not shaving. Uh, <laughs> They're just jealous. Um, That's right. They're jealous of yeah. the sexy. And, and the facial hair. Yeah, <laughs> the facial but, hair. Even the women. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but aside from that, let's see. Oh, I found Jump Superstars, which is pretty cool, except it's very, very dense in the Japanese, and I'm going to have to take a while sitting down and actually reading stuff you and before me I get both. into the fighting. And by that, um, I mean you reading my game for me. Oh, dear. Oh, and the Sakura have been coming out now. Yes, you told me that. Do we have pictures yet? Um, I've got a few pictures, but I'm really going to go out and take a lot of pictures today. Yesterday, we kind of went out and did a little bit of it, but we were mostly heading towards the Miyako Odori event in Gion. Now, Gion is the famous geisha district of Kyoto, and there every year they have this event called the Miyako Odori, which translates to the capital dance. But basically, it's this sort of Japanese traditional instrumental and vocalist vocalists with uh, geishas doing sort of interpretive dances on stage. I don't know, it was kind of interesting, and I don't know, a little bit hard to understand because everything was in Japanese and they were giving a translation for, like, the lyrics and stuff. And it's that weird sort of traditional Japanese style of, like, I wouldn't call it singing exactly, it's sort of weird melodic chanting with, you know? I'm well known for my uh, interpretive dancing on stage. Oh, dear. With with the chanting and... Anyway, let's see, what else did I do? Oh, I went to Book Off and I got the Yay. last three volumes of Azumanga Daio. All right. And I went to Kinokuniya and I bought some other things that you might enjoy, in fact. Mmm. Yes. Well, I, I don't uh, know what it is, but I'm going to say mmm anyways. Well, just just to say that the only difference between then and now is the cover. And the cover is only slightly different. Oh, yay. Yes. Thank you. No problem. And <laughs> so that's pretty much my week. And the I'm... pages aren't falling out yet. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, but anyway, yeah, so now I'm here and I'm going to be going in, into Kyoto later and doing some sightseeing and taking pictures of all the cherry blossoms. 
Cool. Just generally having a good time and relaxing. It won't be anything like DBZ Movie 8 with Kamesendin getting drunk and everybody doing karaoke, but, you know, whatever. What What is the song that Kuridin sings? He's like, I'm the best in Japan, or... Well, no, no, no. Kamesendin calls him the best in Japan. Oh, okay. It's not set in Japan. <laughs> but he's drunk, so, you know, maybe he just came up with the name in Japan out of nowhere. <laughs> oh, DBZ. So, hey, yes. our week has been uh, a fast work week. Yeah. Flew by. And oh, cool. I picked up Beat Mania early this week, the U.S. version. So and we heard. suck royally. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's tough. I hear the Japanese yeah. are a lot better at that game than most Westerners. So yeah, we are pretty lousy, but it's fun. It is fun. So hopefully yeah. we'll get better. And I'm actually thinking yeah. about grabbing Eighth Style because I saw it for about half price on Play Asia. So well, that's pretty cool. I've myself been looking for a rhythm type game for the DS. It's called Os Tatakae Oendan. But I can't find it. So, <laughs> well, it, it translates to yeah, fight, cheerleading squad. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's like right a up your alley. Weird male group of three people who like do these manly poses, and you're supposed to like time hitting these little buttons and things to the beat. I love it. Um, I want it's it. All, it. It's all done with a stylus, but I can't find it because it's so popular here. I it's want this so game inside my DS. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to probably maybe go down to Osaka and look for it the weekend before I leave here, which actually is a little more than a week from now. It's really My weird. Yeah. I know, where's the time gone? But anyway, why don't we get down to business? All right. I think we need to get into all the... Oh, my God. There's so much news this week. Let's just get into it. Julian, I, I'm just absolutely... I, I, I'm speechless. Explain to me this news. Well... The news for this week is nothing. Nothing? Nothing. No. There's not. nothing. Yeah, there's nothing really to say. I mean, I'm speechless too because there's nothing to talk about. Not <laughs> even video game news <laughs> that they can muster say, up. Usually we can come up with some little minute detail about some video game that may or may not even be released at the moment. But there's absolutely nothing this week. Well, I guess it's okay for a show that's been over for 10 years to have no news. I, I guess. I don't know. Dragon Box comes out next week, but we'll get to that in the releases. I guess that's really it. Yeah. Cool. So let's just move on. Yay! Woo! Unicorn! Our topic for this week is something I very cleverly titled Daizenshu Daizenshu. Wow, did you spend a whole whopping two seconds thinking of that title? No, I was up to like 3 a.m. last night working on this. I had my pen wow. and paper, and I was like, oh, what am I going to call this? And, so that and, was the light. And then it just hit Monty me. Python's flying way, that's been done. <laughs> and by this, I mean, I, I have no idea what I mean. I just thought it sounded cool. What we're going to do is explain some stuff. And yeah, there are a ton of words that we throw around, and you might see on our site, you might see on other sites, and you might even know what some of them mean. What we're going to do with these words is really break them down and explain what they are and how they relate to Dragon Ball. And we're going to take it from a kind of basic level up to an absurd level. And I guess we should just start off with some of the most general basic things that we can think of. So let's just hit it up right at the beginning. Dragon Ball started as a manga. Now what the hell is manga? Manga is the Japanese word for comics. It's somewhat used interchangeably with komiksu, uh, but there are subtle shades of meaning that even I'm not quite that well aware of. I think manga tends to have a little bit more of a Japanese bent, whereas komiksu can be used in general. Right. Um, but in practice, I've seen American comics called manga too, so I don't really know. 
there's a distinction exactly. Right. Um, but basically, yes, manga uh, has been used uh, since I think the 1800s to identify sort of serial kind of, well, not necessarily panel-based, but pictures that tell kind of a story and are generally somewhat humorous in nature. Hence the name is like foolish pictures. <laughs> <laughs> and this fits Dragon Ball perfectly. Yeah. All right. So basically it's the comic. Now, after that, what came next? The TV series. And this is called anime. Yes. Anime is, in the Japanese tradition, a way of shortening words borrowed from other language. <laughs> in this case, the offending word is animation or animation. Uh, in the Japanese context, anime refers to any and all animation, whether it be Japanese or otherwise. However, in other countries, it's generally used to specifically point to Japanese animation. Um, there is some confusion with people who seem to think that it's taken from French, uh, like anime, as in les dessins animés, animated drawings, but um, no. It, it's actually taken from English and then shortened down into a little thing. There is an actual, like, Japanese word for animation, dolga, which means moving picture, but I haven't seen it used in practice except for toei dolga, which we'll get to later, and they changed their name to toei animation later anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's basically our starting points for this entire conversation. We have the manga and we have the anime. I, You know, I say anime, that's kind of become... I don't want to say accepted, but it really is. It comes from animation. So saying anime, I mean, even all the major companies call themselves anime companies. If you want to really be otaku about it, it's anime. I say anime. I go back and forth. Anime. Yeah. But we do definitely say manga. Yes. There were a few years I used to call it manga, and then I realized I sounded like a hick retard. Or you sound like someone <laughs> from Manga Entertainment that doesn't know their company's name. Yes. 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 Well, at least you're not calling it Magna, because I've heard that. <laughs> I want to get the Magna and the Anime. Can you show me where to buy this? Oh, dear. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. We're going to jump off the anime and go with what a TV special is, especially as how it relates to Dragon Ball. Now, uh, there are three. There's the Bardock special, the Trunk special, and the DBGT special. These are the TV specials for Dragon Ball. There's actually a fifth anniversary TV special that aired on TV in Japan that never really got released, but we'll just ignore that for now. So what these basically were, were kind of like really nice looking, double length, not quite movies on TV. I guess you could say they were made for TV movies. Sort of, but I don't know. In some ways, I mean, considering they kind of aired in the same, well, they started in the same time slot. And right. Sort of, well, took up more space, but... I don't know, in some ways it's like a special episode. I guess they're somewhere in between the realm of an episode. And, right. You know? Well, that makes sense. I mean, they're called neither an episode or a movie, so... Yes. TV special. Yeah, I mean, they're not episodes because they don't deal directly with this, the main plot, and they're longer, but they're not quite movies because they didn't air in theaters, but we'll get there. <laughs> Speaking of not airing in theaters, let's talk about the Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z movies. There were four Dragon Ball movies, three and then the 10th anniversary movie, and then there's 13 Dragon Ball Z movies. Now, they're called movies. When we think of movies here in the U.S., we think of stuff down at the AMC playing on the big screens that you pay like 12 bucks to go see. Dragon Ball movies weren't quite like this, correct? Well, they did actually play in theaters. They were often paired in double feature with another film. Right. 
Although I don't know if that's typical practice anymore, but I think that's also because these movies have been getting longer yeah. as time has gone by. Well, you know what else um, they've been doing is been putting those um, shorts at the beginning of them. Like the One Piece oh, yeah, movies have the sports movies. Even back Pokemon had the uh, like five or ten minute little shorts in front of them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, but you'd still pay like 12 or 15 or $30, you know. <laughs> They're getting really expensive in Japan, and I can't imagine how they are back home right now either. But um, <laughs> We still use our yeah. college cards yes. to get student discounts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, on the bright side, you do get things like pamphlets and little souvenirs by right. going to see these movies because the I guess the production companies have a vested interest in making you feel <laughs> like it's worthwhile to go. Right. Well, but, let's talk um, about how these movies premiere. They premiered at animation festivals. Yes, and then they sort of move into the general public for a little while. Right. Yeah, and so but they're sort of first presented at whatever Toei thing that's going on, and then they do a road show, which I interpret to mean just a general public showing, although I don't know if that's technically what it's supposed to mean, but it's really hard to tell sometimes the way English words take on new meanings when they come into Japanese. <laughs> well, now, the Dragon Ball movies, they're... The best way to explain them is just what-if stories. They don't necessarily take place during, as much as they try to sometimes, during the, and we'll get to this, canon storyline. They're just kind of fun. They're there. We try not to overthink yeah. them because it hurts. Yeah, and I mean, it. it's really annoying when sometimes the animation company tries to make it fit into <laughs> canon, like... Chibi Trunks Garlic getting Jr.? Future Trunks' sword from... Oh, God, that too. <laughs> That's probably the most brain-bending one, but also <laughs> Garlic Jr. That's uh, yeah. <clears throat> He was a decent villain in the movie, but in the TV show... <laughs> so there are movies. I'm going to let Mary take the next one, because with her Ranma background and Viz and their use of terms, you're just the best person to describe this. Okay, fair enough. Next topic is... Uh, the word known as OVA or OAV. Now, I believe the most common uh, version of the two that's used is OVA, which stands for Original Video Animation. However, I think the word was, uh, I guess, made popular in the U.S. thanks to Viz and their Ranma 1 half releases, where they referred to the OVAs as OAVs, Original Animation Videos. Uh, I think this kind of took hold in the American fandom and, I guess, Canada. Canada? <laughs> Canadian and Canada combined become like Canada. Um, North American release. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And uh, I don't know that one is necessarily more correct than the other, actually, but um, I think in Japan they refer to it as, what, Julian, do you know? Um, I, I've seen OVA, but I, I don't really know. I mean, um, basically... What they are is just direct-to-video releases that don't necessarily get shown on TV. Right. I don't know. I, I see it as a way for, well, sometimes things that can't air on TV to get uh, noticed, and there's obviously a dedicated otaku market who would pick now, these things up. But also, sometimes TV shows that run out of money and have to <laughs> put out the last few episodes just to straight to video or DVD. It's <clears> odd, because sometimes most OVAs have like really incredible animation, so it's kind of yeah. funny that... Like, if a TV show runs out of steam, they'll make some OVA episodes that look, like, ten times more <laughs> better looking than... Uh, ten times more better. More better. <laughs> yeah. More better, please. My yeah. grammar's for shit tonight. Now, yeah. the it's, reason... It's the heat. The reason these even got started in the first place was basically due to the birth of the VCR and VHS releases. You had a TV series airing on TV, and you had people buying these VCRs, and consumers in Japan wanted anime to 
watch at home without necessarily watching TV. And I'm pretty sure that's how the birth of OVAs came into being. I think so. And I mean, I think it was also a chance for things to sort of be maybe hyped a little more and also yeah. people make more money off of them. Right. Because re- I think they started realizing that, hey, people could record episodes off of TV, so why don't we just release them on video? Yeah, physical product <laughs> you can make money off of. Now, yeah. I guess let's try and relate this to Dragon Ball. You know, the term OVA, as we've explained it, is probably the best way to describe how we get the Dragon Ball Z movies. Other than the recent yeah. movies, 6 and 12, in limited right. theatrical release, we get them straight to home video and DVD. I've seen, I mean, outside of the American release, I'm sorry, I'm saying American again. That's fine. <laughs> North American release. <laughs> I think I've seen a lot of fans back in the day refer to the DBZ movies as not movies, but as OVAs. Like, yeah. This was way before the stuff was being released here, and yeah. I always thought that was kind yeah. of strange how some people, even back then, kind of took it to mean. I think I primarily that. see it in the European market. I want to say it's... French that I see him mostly and refer to as yeah. o- OAVs actually, but yeah. Well, well, the well the French dub has its own set of problems. That <laughs> some of some we've encountered, like um, Satan. There refers to Piccolo, and Mister Satan is the dreaded H word. So <laughs> yeah. So hmm. Hey guys, are there any Dragon Ball Z OVAs? No. Um. No. Well. No, no. Sort of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Let's just twiddle our thumbs Can and walk away. Can we give the away. short answer? Short answer is no. Long answer is, I guess, go to the site and read that there is no OVA section. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, let's just recap it real quick. There was a game on the NES that came out called uh, The Plan to Eradicate the Saiyajin. In Japan. Saiyajin Zetsumitsu Keikaku. Yes. And then um, the game was re-released years, actually not all that much later, on Bandai's Playdia system, which, of course, we never got in the U.S. It was released across two CDs, two games, and they released what they called a visual strategy guide for the game, which was basically the correct way to play the game. It was one of those kind of point-and-click, not choose-your-own-adventure, but stuff like that. So it was the correct way to play the game in all the correct order, beginning to end. So it was, you know, all new animation. And that was released on two home videos in Japan back in like 93 or 94. 94, I think. So this was kind of called the OVA, even though it was kind of a strategy guide, but it's kind of an OVA. And then it was released on the Dragon Box in 2003. And then, so they yeah. Call it an OVA. <laughs> oh, it's God. kind of an OVA. It's kind of not. It's kind of a movie. It's kind of not. It's not really lost, but... I say we move on before my head explodes. All right. The next term we're going to use is actually two terms here. We have filler and we have cannon. And let me say that we spell cannon with one N. It is not something that you shoot giant balls out of that explode. Well, I don't know the cannonballs (sighs) explode. They just... Well, I guess they knock stuff down. (laughs) Anyway. I guess we should explain cannon first. Yes. Cannon refers to elements of the dragon universe that are accepted on all levels of the story. This generally means that they have appeared in the manga written by Akira Toriyama himself. And we'll get into him later. But um, Or in some of his writings pertaining to the comics. This is contrasted with filler, which is generally not as accepted as sort of used as the truth, quote-unquote, of the Dragon (laughs) Universe. And it's stuff that's created by the animation company for the TV show, for the movies, for the TV specials. However, it gets kind of blurred because the author also did a a bit of material for filler that doesn't always jive with the stuff that he's written for the manga. Right. You know, 
I guess just area. ignoring the fact that a lot of filler can contradict what happened in the canon storyline. Its name describes exactly what it does. It fills up time between, during, embellishing upon events that occurred in the manga. Because they're animating a TV series that are on a weekly schedule, they don't want to catch up. And this results yes. in the Garlic Jr. storyline. Yes. I think it's worth explaining that uh, the TV show was being made while the comics were still serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump. Right. We'll get into what Jump is later. But uh, <laughs> uh, So basically, you have this comic coming out on a weekly basis, and you have this TV show that's a little bit behind it also coming out on a weekly basis. So they can't c- catch up to the comics. And because of the animation format, they can breeze through a lot more material in the same amount of time that, that the comics can. So, you know, they have to put in more stuff to keep themselves a decent amount behind so they can know what's coming up. For a great example of what can go wrong when the anime catches up with the manga... I know where you're going. Post-Kyoto and Kenshin. Yes, I knew you'd say that. (laughs) Kyoto is such a nice city. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm there. But uh, anyway. But yeah, Kenshin just kind of goes off onto its own weird tangent and sano the and the dog of, and then it caused itself to get canceled it's supposed to be really really good but i know it didn't really get animated so yeah as much as i would like to do a kenshin podcast we are a dragon ball podcast i think that's it for general terms and we're going to move into it's kind of a combination of things because one embellishes upon the other but i'm just going to call it products or merchandise and a little bit of techie stuff So we've already talked about the manga and the anime. There are products that are based on these things. And the first thing, I guess, would be Tankobon. And it it breaks down into tan, which means like simple or singular. Ko, which is, well, go, literally. And then bon, which is the um, renaku reading of hon. Hon. Or book. book. Hey, I know Japanese. Put it together and you get you have a book in a single go, or in this case, it's a collected volume of multiple chapters of the same thing. Um, and it's roughly equivalent to the term graphic novel in English, where you have a collected volume of a serialized comic, although generally, in for American comics, that's generally comics that are serialized on a monthly basis and fewer issues per graphic novel. But anyway, that's just <laughs> getting a little too heavily into things. There's not much more to it. I mean, it's a collection of what was in Jump. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's, it's quit, printed on a lot higher quality paper, but we'll get into what Jump <laughs> is like in a little bit. Oh, God, And also paper. includes... Yeah, includes a few extras, like, you know, question and answers or extra artwork sometimes. But um, it also is printed completely in black and white, so any pages that were originally printed in color tend to be grayscale. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on. And I guess we'll get to graphic novel, because we sort of halfway explained that. But graphic novel is basically the English equivalent term of Tankobon. They carry roughly the same connotation, although I think graphic novels can also just be released straight to that format without necessarily having to be serialized. That's correct. Mary, Um, our resident American comic fan. But that's, I think, pretty much the only difference I can think of. Graphic novels, I think, tend to be perhaps published in color a little more often than Tankobon. Probably better covers and in color, but yeah, not (laughs) as many pages. Although... Lately in American graphic novels, especially with Marvel and some of their more female-oriented lines, they make them the same sizes as the Tenkoban. Um, because I know that female readership 
in manga is very, very high, and they're trying to achieve that with American graphic novels. So they kind of trick the ah. audience by making these smaller-sized American graphic novels that look like manga size, and you pick them up, and you're like, oh, it's, it's a like Marvel the, book. Oh, I'll check it out anyway. Oh, it's like that one. Oh, Sandman spinoff that they had a, a year or two ago. I, I think it was like Death or something. It wasn't written by Neil Gaiman, but it was very, very manga-inspired, I think. All right. Anyway. Yes, we're all nerds. Let's keep going. The next word is Kanzenban. Yes, Kanzenban is a word, I think, well, I've seen it chiefly applied by Shueisha to its re-releases of comics that it's already released before. <clears throat> but basically, Kanzenban literally means complete edition. I kind of made the st- mistake when these things were first coming out by calling them the perfect edition, but I had also only... And that stuck. Been, yeah. Well, I, I hadn't actually taken any Japanese yet. I was going by my dictionary definitions, <laughs> but I, I have a little more real-world experience now. Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, enough of my failings as a translator. And basically, um, so these are um, re-released comics put out after the entire series has already been released. They generally come um, in a larger format. In Dragon Ball's case, I believe it was B5 rather than the special size that Shueisha uses for its Tonkobo. Now, B5, of course, is... Well, there's this basically international standards for sizes of paper that the U.S. doesn't use. <laughs> um, and then there's like A, there's B, and then as the numbers get higher, it's... Well, each, each succeeding number is half the size of the previous sheet. Um, so, yeah. But anyway, it's kind of hard to explain. I'm sure there's a website somewhere that explains it, all the different things there. But anyway, where was I? Um, you were yeah, saying that uh, so they, they're nice, they have yeah. new covers, they're on nice paper, and they have color. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and and they generally have more chapters per volume, so you right. get them in fewer volumes, although they're generally more expensive, so that offsets any potential savings. And, I don't know, they feel a little less spontaneous in the original volumes. They don't seem to conclude as much of the fan stuff, but that's also the fault of Toriyama in the case of Dragon Ball, because he didn't really do anything besides new covers. Um, but other authors have actually included more material. Yeah, so... That's pretty um, much it. Yeah, and I've seen a similar thing with comics done by Kodansha called Shinzoban, which, um, which translates to something like Renewal Edition, and... Uh, that's been done for a few of their comics, like Sailor Moon, for example, which is pretty much the same idea, but I don't really know as much about those. Okay, so that's pretty much what's going on. And so Kanzenban is, well, it's got Dragon Ball, it's got Yu Yu Hakusho, it's got Saint Seiya, it's got a few other more female-oriented comics that I don't really remember the names of. So that's pretty much what's going on. And now we're that. on to our namesake, and this is Daizenshu. Daizenshu literally translates to Great Complete Collection. Why, thank you. And, or, or a little more, I don't know, natural flowing, it'd be like compendium or something. Yeah. So basically, it's designed to collect all the information about something in one place. And specifically relating to Dragon Ball, this was a series of seven, later expanded to ten books, um, put out during 1996 and 1997, detailing all of the various details of the Dragon Ball series. And so, when Mike decided to create name for his site something other than Vegito EX's homepage, <laughs> he decided to take Daizenshu as a way of emphasizing the fact that you were going to have everything and everything? I, I guess. Correct? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> sure. Basically, okay. They're, they're really nice books. I would say they're the encyclopedia of the series. Like you said, there's ten volumes. There's one that's just all illustrations. There's a couple all about the TV series. There's one specifically about the manga and everything that's in there. There's one about the movies and TV specials. They're entirely in Japanese. They're really, really nice hardcover books, although there were some um, softcover printings of the uh, the card-ass books, I think. Yeah, we have the paperback ones of those. They're just nice books, and I like the word Daizenshu, and so we are Daizenshu EX. 
Yes. That's it. Very good. The next thing that we are talking about is something that I am salivating at the thought of next week. The movies. Dragon Box. Dragon Box is a term that Toei, Pony Canyon, whoever else is involved, they've adopted this as a very nice way to describe their giant DVD box sets with their quasi-remastered picture, quasi-remastered sound, progressive prints. Um, they're nice. They're these giant box sets that came out. There were the first ones, there were two for DBZ, one through 147 and then 148 to 291, respectively, for parts one and two. Then there was one for Dragon Ball, then there was one for Dragon Ball GT, and we are getting the last one now, next week, for all of the movies. So basically, they're expensive DVD box sets put out in Japan that have lots and lots of stuff. And yeah. extras, like action yes. figures. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and they're kind of designed, I think, for the sort of nostalgia market in Japan. Yeah, totally. You've got, you've got these people who grew up watching the series who are now in their 20s and early 30s. They've suddenly got the money <laughs> that they didn't have when they were younger. Right. And, you know, maybe they'd be interested in getting these series on DVD for old time's sake, you know? I guess it's so, worth noting that beyond the movies... Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT were never released to home format in Japan. That's true. So this so, is really the first and only time to get the series. And now there are the individual releases of DBZ, but no, it's all about yeah. the big box sets. So that's pretty good. That's pretty anyway, much it. So there's two things related to the Dragon Box, and that's R2 and NTSC. Let's first explain that NTSC is the format that you typically see in places like the US, Canada, Japan. And <laughs> that's um, about a, it. A lot of the world, well... Well, some of the world. Um, basically, this is the 29.97 frames per second, um, and this is what we use as our standard TV format in North America and Japan. But anyway, um, in that, there are several different regions in codings that are designed to keep companies from stepping on each other's feet when they have distribution agreements for different parts of the world. Um, and this is designed to lock certain players out of playing discs from other regions. <laughs> I the, laugh at region coding. The world. So region one is like US and Canada and maybe a few other places, and Region 2 was largely Japan. And a little and bit of Europe. And there's other places as well. Yeah. And uh, then there's then there's also completely different uh, formats for places like certain parts of Europe and Australia, like called PAL. You've got your PAL and I, you've got your CCAM. PAL is technically guess, a superior format. But. Yes, but the conversions from NTSC absolutely suck. Right, that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> so that's pretty much uh, it. I mean, we have our video <laughs> format and our standard. It's NTSC, and... Uh, we have all this nice HD and digital stuff coming out now, but unfortunately we are so deeply ingrained with all of this stuff on all of our videos from the past that it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah. that's kind of sad. Hey, we're going to move into people now. All right. The first guy, the main man, the the bird. Yes. Mountain. Akira Toriyama, or Toriyama Akira in Japanese. This man was born in April, well, on April 5th, 1955 in Aichi Prefecture of Japan, which is home to Nagoya City. Nagoya is fairly well-known, perhaps not among people who don't know Japan that well, but it is one of the main stops on the Shinkansen Tokaido line, and even on the fastest trains in Ozomi. So, you know, I've passed through Nagoya and I Yeah, 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 now you're just really bragging. Stayed. Okay, but anyway, so he is the author of Dragon Ball, as well as a few other things like Dr. Slump, which you may have heard of and Viz is putting out right now. We'll get to oh, Viz's yeah. later. But uh, also, um, he is the character designer for the Dragon Quest series of games, until recently known only as Dragon Warrior, but that's a 
different topic. He also did stuff in the two Toeball games and Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger. And what's the new one come out on uh, 360? Uh, something like Blue, Blue Dragon? Dragon or something like that. Blue something Dragon. that's coming out for Xbox, is that right? Yeah. I don't know if it's 360, but yeah, it's definitely a Microsoft system game, which means I don't care. But anyways, so this guy's the author of the series. He played a role in the TV series as well, did some character designs and some little plot things. He did some character designs for the movies. He did a little bit of intro stuff for GT. So he is um, burnt out now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he puts out one shot comics from time to time. His most active that we've seen him in the past few years has been with his Nekomajin series and that was like averaging maybe two chapters a year for like four years. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it. But, anyway. he's, he's, the, he's the main guy. So let's briefly yeah. hit number two. Alright. Katsuyoshi Nakatsuru is a person connected to Toei Animation. Well, we'll get to that later. He worked on the TV series as a character designer and sort of an animation guy. And he's basically best known for being able to imitate Toriyama's style so well that even Toriyama can't tell if he's I am your like doppelganger. That. Yeah, well, art style doppelganger, I guess. <laughs> but um, he, basically, if there's any official artwork from the animation that you see coming out, it's probably it's not probably Toriyama, him. but Nakatsuru. Yeah. Right. That's who he is. That's pretty much it. And there's one more guy I want to mention, and that is Mr. Satan. And with that, we're moving on to companies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a few Japanese companies we want to quickly go through, and then there's a couple U.S. companies we'll go through, and then just a couple okay. little more things, and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Why don't we start with the most basic thing, and that's Bird Studio. Okay. Bird Studio is the studio that uh, Akira Toriyama set up for himself. It's basically comprised of him his wife, and several assistants. <laughs> and so they have their own little unit, and that's basically what, what gets credited along with Akira Toriyama with anything he does. I'm going to call well, our apartment and Mary and me EX Studio. <laughs> uh, basically, very very few manga artists work completely on their own. Toriyama started out that way, but then realized he was a moron and quickly <laughs> got a studio. Um, <laughs> it's like, why am I burning myself out all the time? Oh, people have assistants. <laughs> uh, so that's... That's what Bird Studio is. The next step up from that is Shueisha, and that is the publisher of Toriyama's comics. Shueisha is one of the largest manga publishers in Japan, as well as just general book publishers as well, I think. They have several competitor companies like Kodansha and Shogakukan, but I think Shueisha is the main one. They have a pretty wide manga selection from them, and everything that's related to Shonen Jump comes from them. Um, but we'll get to it. Shonen Jump is in a little bit. Um, so basically, yep, Shueisha is responsible for publishing the comics and any books relating to DBZ that are official. And So, Shonen so what Jump, about Shonen Jump? Shonen Jump is a, well, one of a series of magazines. However, right. Weekly Jump is the one that we're referring to, and it's also the original. This is a weekly circulation magazine that contains a number of various manga stories in serialization and so every week they have one chapter each of like a bunch of different manga and it's printed on kind of ass quality paper and <laughs> it doesn't it's last cheap, it does not but, last the years let me tell you yeah but it's it's convenient and you know it's a yeah. decent read if you're on a train commuting to work or whatever which is <laughs> typical here. So we've got um, Weekly Jump, there's Monthly Jump, there's V-Jump, which is the video game magazine. Yeah. There's a whole series of them. Yeah. There's Business Jump, there's Young Jump, which has photos of scantily clad models for your creepy middle-aged businessmen to enjoy. <laughs> things like that. Um, and let's see. So moving on, we have Toei Animation. Toei Animation is, as its name suggests, an animation company. Uh, I've heard it referred to as the Walt Disney of Japan, but I think that's more of its size than the quality of its output. Yeah, that's true. I, I think if you want to point to something that has a little better quality, you'd think Studio Ghibli, but they only produce like 
a film a year. <laughs> Toy Animation is this huge animation company, and they've made a lot of famous series, among them Dragon Ball. You may have heard of One a Piece, few. One Piece, Sailor Moon. I think maybe Doraemon. I can't remember anymore. Um, but anyway, so they're this huge animation company that's responsible for the DBZ TV show and movies. And then let's move on to the TV sh- station that showed it in Japan, which is Fuji Television. <clears throat> this is a fairly well-known television station, and it has its headquarters in Tokyo in the Odaiba district, which is built on reclaimed land in the middle of Tokyo Bay, and has this really weird-looking headquarters that has sort of a boxy, domey little <laughs> weird look. I think I have a picture of it somewhere from my trip to Tokyo, but anyway, um, they're the show, or they're the station that aired DBZ when it was actually running on TV, and every Wednesday at 7 o'clock p.m., Japan Standard Time, from February 26, 1986 to... November 17th, 1997. 1997, yep. I think. Something like that, yeah. November 97. So that's all the Japanese stuff. Let's quickly hit up the American ones. The first one we should talk about... Funimation. Funimation yes. Productions used to be Funimation Productions Incorporated. Now they're Funimation Productions something else. Now they're a part of, what is it? Navare Corporation. Navare, whatever. Like that. They're Funimation. Funimation yeah. is a, I don't know so what you call it. Licensing them. and Distribution Corporation. Yeah, pretty much. They get stuff from other people and they put out stuff. They got the license to Dragon Ball back in 1994 and began releasing Dragon Ball in 1995, moved on to DBZ in 1996. Basically, anything that you see in North America and Australia goes through Funimation in some shape or form, except yes. for possibly the manga. The show or the movies. But, yeah, right. Yeah. And the manga uh, is put out by Viz in North America. Viz, uh, what are they called? Viz Media now? I don't know. Viz, Viz Comics. Viz Communications. Viz Communications. But they, they merged with some other company, and so... Um, anyway, so Viz is responsible for the Dragon Ball manga. They've had their ups and downs over the years. They started out as a very fan-oriented manga production company with uh, bringing to English such series as Rama One Half and Inuyasha. Um, and they've had uh, varying degrees of quality over the years. Uh, they started <laughs> out kind of being very loose in their interpretations, and then they got better, and they've kind of moved back towards now a more mainstream thing, Not not really aiming their jokes at the otaku set, but also not really Caring. Um, being very faithful either. Yeah, they've. I, I think they've kind of had the problem of growing into a very large company and not having a soul anymore. But, <laughs> That's basically it for the American companies. Yeah. That's it. So um, basically, there's really just a couple Japanese phrases that we want to go through because you may see these often. You may see these on our site. Like I said, you may see them on other sites. We've actually mentioned a few of these, so we're going to cruise through them. First one, Jinzo Nigen. Yes, Jinzo Ningen literally means man-made man or artificial human. Now, this is what is generally referred to in both the English version of the manga and anime as android. However, it it has a broader meaning than that. It can be anything from a fully-fledged robot to a an enhanced human of some kind, like a cyborg. Right. And basically we, ha- we have a whole meanings, podcast episode about this. Yeah, all of those meanings apply in one form or another to different... Uh, once the Jinzo Ningen, but Jinzo Ningen is a blanket term, and Android really isn't that accurate. But anyway... So go check um, out our old episode with Maggie from Lovely Cyborg. We talk all about Jinzo Ningen. Yes. And so next, Tenkaichi Budokai. Now, this is the greatest under heaven martial arts tournament. Tenka literally means um, under heaven. Ichi's number one. In the world. Yes. And also, if you get into Chinese nationalism, Tenka or Tianxia, is like all that lies under heaven is a metaphorical name for China. Oh, cool. But anyway, and then Budo is martial arts. 
the way the way of, of the warrior. warrior, literally. And then Kai is a gathering of some kind or an association. So Budokai is a martial arts tournament, and Tenkaichi is the greatest under heaven. So there you go. So um, there are the tournaments in the series. Yes. And the word Budokai has been adopted mostly just in America, strangely enough, for the fighting games that Atari licenses from Bandai in Japan yes. and puts out on PS2. Speaking of video games, the next word is Butoden. And uh, I'm just putting this in here because there were a bunch of Super Famicom games that came out called Super Butoden. Butoden is like martial arts battle story. <laughs> that um, applies very well to the video games then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a couple more words. The next one is Kanzentai, and this mostly applies just to cell. Yes. Now, this would be cell's literally complete body, um, although it's generally glossed as perfect cell or perfect form in English. Um, it's generally getting into the perfect, complete um, oddity there. I think complete is generally the better translation of Kanzen because Kanpeki is more perfect. But, right. Um, so this is basically cell achieving completion. This is his design, um, his ultimate design after absorbing number 17 and 18. So yeah, that's him becoming complete and being fully deadly. It's also the name of another great site, so check them out. And the last word, and we're not going to go into much depth on this at all because we could do an entire episode about this. The last word is key, spelled K-I with, I guess, our letters. Um, it means energy. And that's really, really, really rough translation. There's a lot more to yeah. it. Yeah. And life energy, energy that allows you to fly and shoot energy blasts and that sort of thing. And there's this whole concept that surrounds it in things like um, like Shaolin Wushu and that sort of thing. Right. But we won't get into that because it's way too big a topic for right now. And for some strange reason, Viz in the translation of the Japanese manga uses chi, which is primarily used in Chinese, but... Yes, and eh, it's like the old organization in Chinese, because now it'd be spelled Q-I. Right. Because of the opinion system, but anyway. And so that's it. There's a whole bunch of words. Now we're all edumacated, and we can say we went to Dragon Ball Z College and with Professor Mike, Mary, and Julian, and oh they get to pay tuition now. I don't think this is an accredited institution, Mike. Oh, I think it should be. <laughs> and oh I have absolutely no interesting segue for the next thing. But it's really okay. funny because you were talking about haircuts and how you got one. So there's yeah. my segue. Mary, it's time for your top five list. Mary, your top five list for this week. We were talking about Julian and his sexy hair, which is now gone. But that's okay. We're going to talk about bad haircuts. That's right. Because Dragon Ball is known for fashion and haircuts, <laughs> in my own mind. Right. And just as there are bad Bulma fashions, there are bad haircuts among other people. So, anyway, number five, let's say Yamcha with the bowl cut. Because <laughs> he has lots of good hair at various points in time, but this one is just kind of lousy. It's kind of too clean cut for this rugged mountain man. I don't like it. And that's why Yamcha's at five. Number four, eh, let's... Let's say Goten from the end of Dragon Ball Z. Because, he's nice and shaggy. You know, he hits uh, teenage years and he's suddenly awkward even though he's a pimp. So you'd think he'd have a pimp and hairdo to match, but instead he's he thinks he's Yamcha now with this haircut. <laughs> That's all right. He get all pimpish with the Bobby Brown haircut in GT. Oh, man. You know what? That could be number six. That, that's the runner up. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That one was pretty damn awful. All right. So what's number three? Number three. And this one, you know what? I'm changing this on the spot. I'm going to okay. reverse two. I'm going to put number three as uh, Gohan with his bowl cut at the beginning of the Namek arc. And they 
all make fun of him for it in the show, so <laughs> so can I. Do. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a little goober. Yeah, he's got the whole pudgy thing going on. Yeah. Oh, when he first appears, he's wearing like a little little the short suit. pants suit with a bow tie. <laughs> and that's the only point where it works is where he's all dressed up. It's but true. the second you throw him in battle armor and he's got that haircut, like how am I supposed to take him seriously in a yeah, fight? Yeah. You got this stupid haircut. <laughs> you know what's weird is that they're on that ship for like two months and it doesn't grow. Oh my god. Yeah. This never occurred to me. Wow. Well, All right. maybe they forced him to get a, another dorky haircut before they got off the ship. <laughs> All right, Mary, number two. Number two is the infamous Bulma Fro. And kind of oddly enough, I think with the whole outfit, it looks okay. But, you know, for her, it just seems really eh, not in line with her more dignified it's hairdos. Awful. Yeah. It, it's freaking awful. It it's it's high hair. It's New Jersey high hair. I'm <laughs> proud to be from New Jersey. All right. Okay. Number one worst haircut in the entire series. Should come as no surprise, although some may have thought Bulma would be at number one with her fro. This one goes to Vegeta and his mustache and his... I don't know what you call that. His de-spikified hair in Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> I think it's his Freddie Mercury dude. That's, that's what it reminds <laughs> yes. me of. So it, yeah. it defies logic, yeah. and he looks lame. He's not supposed to be growing anymore here, and he's yeah, got a mustache. I mean, according to the Perfect Files, they actually made him shave his mustache because the reaction was so strongly negative. <laughs> well, there you go. There's our strongly negative reaction. Screw you, Vegeta. <laughs> and, and that's it. So there's your worst haircuts in the entire series. Maybe next time I'll do a top good list. I doubt but, you will. <laughs> but for now, it's the worst list of haircuts. If anything, this proves to me that we really got to start doing the screen caps for this list. Yes, We're going to have to go back and put up <laughs> images for all of these. So that's it for Mary's list. Check us out next week for another great list. Maybe it will be okay. nicely sarcastic as well. We're going to move into the very, very few releases we have left in the rest of April. The first release for the rest of April is next week, April 14th. It's the movie Dragon Box. We kind of already explained what this is. It's all the movies. Uh, nicer picture, nicer sound. Unfortunately, it's letterboxed. And it's all the movies. And it's R2. And it's NTSC. And it was like 350 yeah, bucks pre-ordered. April 26th is... Dragon Ball Z DVD Volumes 19 through 21 in Japan. This covers episodes 109 through 126, which is the most of the Garlic Jr. thing, then Trunks, then getting into the Jinzo Ningen Saga. Um, these are 3,990 yen each, which translates to around $35 a piece, which is kind of expensive, and it's going to be more expensive if you try to import it. But <laughs> it's pretty decent for the quality of the material, and plus... DVDs are always ridiculously, stupidly expensive in Japan. So hey, it's six episodes. It's not too bad. Yeah. So that's April. That's it. Yes. Hey, it's time for some awesome emails this week. Our first email this week comes from Yugi's Black Magician. I think that was the name in the email. So that's what I'm gonna say. Who it's from? And wow, Yugi's... we got an email from a card. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And the card says, "I must be pretty darn pathetic to want my email to be read on the podcast." But no, you're not pathetic. It's cool. What other anime slash manga are you, the Daisenshu EX gang, into besides Dragon Ball? Mary, you have so many obsessions. Right. I'm gonna let you go first. Um, should I do like longtime favorites or current favorites? Or... Do a couple of both. Okay, all-time favorites other than Dragon Ball include Fushigi Yugi. Oh, crap. Ranma? Oh, I guess, yeah, Ranma, sure. It was like one of your first ones. Yeah, yeah. Looking I over the so. DVD, right? Yeah, looking over my DVD. <laughs> oh, uh, Utena, I love... Uh, 
Let's see. Sailor Moon. Yeah, Sailor Moon, I guess. Marmalade Boy. A lot of shoujo, I guess. Kenshin's up there, I suppose. Uh, recent stuff that I'm into and watching are Kaleido Star, I love a lot. Oh, Ga- gee, what's the big one? Hanayori Dango, yeah. which is an old show by Toei. That's so <laughs> it's an old show, but a new obsession. Uh, but it, it also had a recent live action adaptation. Yes. Which was so good. Yeah. Two thumbs up. Uh, did I say Gankutsuo? No, you didn't. I love Gankutsuo and Princess That's, Tutu. Uh, and... Gankutsuo, for those who don't know, is a, an adaptation of the Count of Monte Cristo, but it's different. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> and Genshi Ken, which I mentioned last week or the week before. Oh, yes. And You're what else? Some of my ideas. Netflix <laughs> is my friend. It allows me to watch anime for the first time in years. I mean, like... A lot, I guess. <laughs> Those are just a few. All right, Julian, you go. Okay, well, I mean, I also like things like Genshiken, you know, the show about anime fans, which is hilarious, I find. And also, well, Gankutsu, I've seen the first few episodes of, and I'd be interested in seeing more. And, of course, my big thing is One Piece. <laughs> yeah. Probably, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say bigger than Dragon Ball, simply because I haven't been into it as long, but it's it's a very good series, and it's up to it's 41 current. volumes in Japan. That's crazy. 41. Yeah, I mean, he's still got, like, 115 chapters to go before he gets past Toriyama in terms of the length of the series. Well, like the, right. the time that he spent on the series, but um, in terms of length, it's getting close because he does more pages per chapter. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, I, I find that is a really awesome series. And let's see, I've been into things like Asmanka Dayo, which I find really hilarious in a sort of non sequitur kind of way. And I've been reading Yotsubato, which is by the same author as Asamanga Dayo, and I'm really annoyed because I found out that Volume 5 comes out the week after I leave Japan. Oh, man. <laughs> that's all right. You can just hit up a store in New York. Well, I, I guess that's true. And, I mean, I'll be down there in less than two months for Anime Next, so right. I guess that's a possibility. So that's pretty much what's going on right now. Um, I mean, I've kind of wanted to get into a few more things, but I haven't really had the time or the energy or the money. So, yeah. Gotcha. I guess it's up to me now. My favorite series of all time is indeed Dragon Ball. It's the one I first got into and etc. Trying to think. Some of my early fan sub favorites. One was Flame of Rekka. That was one of my definite, like, I got all of it fan subbed on VHS. First generation. Loved it. Uh, Kenshin was another early one that I stuck with and I love Kenshin. Like Julian, One Piece is definitely one of my current favorite shonen, although I'm vastly, vastly far, way too far behind on it right now. I need to get back into it. It's been like over a year since I actively was, you know, watching slash reading it. Oh god, what other stuff is there? I mean, there's all the, I don't want to say generic, but typical responses of Evangelion, and what else? Yeah, I'm looking at the DVD rack. What else is there? I like pretty much everything that Mary said, with the exception yeah. of I don't know how I felt about Utena. Yeah, I, I like I liked it. I, it was a miracle I got you to watch it, but I, I thought of it. something a recent manga that we both love that we forgot to mention. What's that? Death Note. Oh God, Death Note's so fucking awesome. Yes. Oh, and there's that live action movie that's coming out. I know. Oh my God. The latest thing I've heard is that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are doing the theme song. Yeah, I just yes. read that. It's huh. odd. You know, if there's not going to be an anime yet. Live action movie, fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Unicorn! What, what, what other <laughs> stuff do I love? I can't remember. I'm like, I like Dragon Ball, and I like One Piece, and I like Naruto. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for the uh, long-running shonen stuff with friendship and villains and villains that become friends. I'm, I'm just all about that. What are some other things that I like? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for Hana Yuri Dango now. Mary really got me 
enjoying I mean, it. I mean, he hasn't technically watched the anime with me yet. I've but... seen the vast majority of it in bits and pieces and in passing. Yeah. You should read the manga. It's more concise and to the point. God. But um, Escaflone's oh, over there. Escaflone. I was going to say we love Cromarty mm. High School. Yes. That was awesome. That was a recent favorite. That was a recent thing I watched. I'm spinning yeah. the DVD rack. I, what else do I like? You like, like Trigon. I like Trigon. I like Cowboy Bebop. Mm. Well, it's true. Yeah. And Julian okay. said Azumanga Dio. I like right. that too. Azumanga's great. I can't remember. Oh, oh, I got I got props for a show that's recent and doesn't get enough love is Koei Kaze. Oh, yeah, you watch It's that. a very well-written romance show, but its subject matter may turn people off immensely. But it's very tastefully done, and that's all I will say. Check out Koei Kaze. I thought I was going to have a list, and then I almost re-put myself on the spot with this question I can't remember. So now we're going to move in to an awesome, awesome, awesome question. And we're going to have a ton of fun with this one. And this will probably be the last thing we do this episode, because we're running long, and we got too many emails this week. And thank you for sending them. Please keep sending them. And we'll do lots of more emails at some other point. But this is a fun question. This is how we're going to end this episode. This email comes to us from Fred. Yes, the PH Fred in Canada. Fred says, I was playing Soul Calibur 3 and noticed there's a weapon called the Bashofan, although it looks nothing like the Bancho fan from Dragon Ball. The colors are very similar. But since Soul Calibur 3 doesn't have a weapon gallery, I can't check its source. Did they borrow the name from Dragon Ball, or did both borrow it from somewhere else? Now, I guess we should say the original name for it is just Bashosen, or the Bashofan fan. I don't know what it is in Chinese, but yeah. <laughs> Whatever. And um, it was in Dragon Ball, yes. However, it probably originates in Journey to the West. Well, actually, it did originate in Journey to the West. All right. There's no doubt about it. It origin. <laughs> Fine, it originated in Journey to the West. And here's what we're going to do. We could just answer the question, or we could do a dramatic reading from Journey to the West instead. And so that's what we're going to do. Basically, it's a weapon, and Sun Wukong went and he grabbed it from someone. And you're going to recognize mentioned characters in here. There's someone you might know called the Bull Demon King or Ox King. He's a little character in Journey to the West. So here's what we're going to do. Mary's going to be our narrator. I'm going to be Sun Wukong. Julian's going to be Tripitaka, the monk who is, for some reason, female in the recent Japanese live-action series. And so I don't know what I'm saying about you there. <laughs> Whatever. And I don't know who's going to be uh, Pachie yet, the Oolong character, but we'll get to him when we get to him. So I'll do it. Okay, so we're going to do um, a little reading of uh, when Sun Wukong comes back and describes how he got this. Go ahead. From Chapter 59, from Journey to the West, Volume 1, possibly. Oh, uh, I think it's Volume 3. Volume 3! <laughs> chapter 59. Well, it, it's Volume 3 of the Anthony C.U. translation. Okay. Yeah, the four-volume version. So just say five, chapter. chapter 59. Chapter 59. Okay. Mounting the clouds, our great sage headed back towards the east and, in a moment, arrived at his destination, dropping down behind the red brick wall. Pachie was delighted when he saw him. Master, elder brother has returned. Tripitaka came out of the house, and with the old man and Shah Monk to greet Pilgrim, they all went back inside. Pilgrim stood the fan to one side and said, Sir, is this the fan? It is, said the old man. Highly pleased, the Tang Monk said, Worthy disciple, you have made a great merit, but you must have worked very hard to acquire this treasure. No need to talk about the hard work, replied Pilgrim. But who do you think is that immortal Iron Fan? It's actually the wife of the Bull Demon King, the mother of Red Boy, whose name is also Raksasi. She is also called the Princess Iron Fan. I went to her cave to try and borrow the fan, but she wanted to settle the old score with me, hacking me a few times with her swords. I used the rod to frighten her, and that was when she brought out this thing and gave me a fan. 
I drifted all the way back to the little Sumeru mountain, where I was fortunate enough to see the Bodhisattva Lingchi. He gave me a wind-arresting elixir and pointed out to me the way back to the Jade Cloud Mountain. I saw Raksasi again, and when she couldn't drive me away with her fan this time, she retreated back into her cave. Old Monkey then changed into a mole cricket to fly inside. She was just asking for tea, so I dived inside the tea bubbles and managed to get inside her stomach. When I waved my hands and feet, she had such unbearable pain that she couldn't stop calling me brother-in-law and asked me to spare her. When she was finally willing to lend me her fan, I did spare her and brought back this fan. After we crossed the Mountain of Flames, I'll take it back to her. On hearing this, Tribitaka thanked him repeatedly. Then Master and Disciples took leave of the old man. And there you have so it. So there you go. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> he got into a fight with the wife of Ox King. Yes, Ox King has a wife and a whore and a son in this. Yeah. So it's a little different. But uh, she had this fan and she wailed him with it. And he went flying like halfway across the world and talked to a, a, a little god and got this little pill. And he was able to withtake the fan and he kind of took it. Yeah. That's basically it. So there. There you yeah. go. So there. That's it. So the Basho fan comes from Journey to the West and it was kind of incorporated into Dragon Ball in a weird way. And yeah, Fire Mountains in the story and the whole thing's a little bit different in Journey to the West, especially since Ox King has um a wife and a whore and a son instead of a daughter, but you know, yeah. whatever. So there you have it. You know, we've actually had a few people ask us about Journey to the West stuff. So there's a little um preview of stuff I wanted to do in the future with Journey to the West. I was rereading it and then I got video games again and I stopped reading it. <laughs> So um, that's it for emails this week. We have a ton more, and we want more. I I eat your emails, and I become a stronger Vegito EX. If you would like to send us emails, both of the textual and audio variety, please, by all means, send them to us. To send us emails, simply hop over to the website, Daisenshu EX, and we have some little contact information over on the left-hand side. Anything you want to send for the podcast, probably easiest to send it to me, Vegito EX, because I write the outline for us each week. So I guess it's easiest for me. But if you ever want to send any of us anything, you can email me, you can email Julian, you can email Mary. She's got her contact info over on her site. I guess I should put some general contact info for all of us on the podcast page at least. And funny pictures at some point. Yes. So send us emails. Any kind of questions you want. If you want it specifically read for the podcast, just say something like that because we have the site and we have the ask section. And we've got the music database. we got the transformations guide. And we got the lyrics. And we got the chat. And we got the forum. And we got the content. Bond covers and we got the Tankoban covers. There is so much stuff. That is why it's Daisenshu EX. And I'm not telling you what the EX comes from unless you happen to know. It's really not that interesting of a story. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to end it there. Thank you for checking out episode 21. Our podcast is of legal drinking age. Just Black like Jack. Julian. <laughs> Just like Julian. <laughs> Gone by indeed. So uh, thanks for checking us out. Daisenshu EX can be found at www.daizex.com Yes, that is Daisenshu EX and lovely Mary can be found at her site over at www.templotrunks.com Temple Trunks. Temple O Trunks. So check us out and we'll of course be back next week. Maybe we'll have some news. I don't know. Maybe we'll do another dramatic reading because I really enjoyed that. I like being oh, the wow. monkey. <laughs> I'm a monkey and I'm going to hit you with my rod. And feces. And feces. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to 
to pee in jars and make monks drink it. Yes, oh this is the glory of Journey to the West that you're missing out on if you have not read it. So I'm going to go pee in some jars and bring it down to the local church, and I'm going to call it an episode. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thank you, right. everyone. I am Vegito EX. I'm every cliche, but I simply do it best. Yes. <laughs>